This week on Just Like That, the number one Mike Goldberg-inspired podcast on the planet. We will recap UFC Fight Night, Hermanson vs. Strickland, hit you with our segments, Isn't He Awesome, and Real World Callouts. And last but not least, we will preview UFC 271, Adesanya vs. Whitaker. Here we go. Here we go. Welcome to another episode of Just Like That. We got a big pay-per-view this week, UFC 271 in Houston. We'll get to that pretty quickly, but first we got a quick uh, UFC Vegas card to recap. Um, some decent fights there, So, but before we get to that, we'll start as we always do with our take of the week. So Ryan, as always, take us away. Uh, all right, I got Israel Adesanya. He needs to... Um just forget about the uh, Jan Blockwitz fight. Stop making uh, comments on it. And uh, it's just, uh, I mean, it's not a good look, I don't think. He should just act like uh, like it never happened, like he never tried to be a uh, two-way champion and just focus on 185. I mean, you know, he's uh, talking to ESPN, basically saying, like, you know, he didn't, he would never felt in danger. He didn't sustain any damage and that he rocked Blockwitz. It's like, you got pretty thoroughly beat like okay like maybe you tagged him once and and he didn't really tag you but it's an MMA fight and he he dominated you pretty much so like yeah. just uh I think it'd just be it would do him a lot better to just uh stop bringing the fight up like it's a loss get over it and uh, just try to be the you know the king of 185 and not only that he said he was did he what did he say he was bored that's he was bored during that fight or something yeah yeah no shit I'd be bored getting just taken down and held down there and having no no answer to uh to wrestling yeah Jan was probably bored too while he was laying on top of you <laughs> yeah right like stop a takedown how about that then you won't be bored you could keep it on the feet and maybe when yeah for sure and that well i think i remember this was one of the craziest things because i remember the uh following the twitter feeds and guys i don't i don't want to say names because i don't remember who but they were like some the main ones they show on the on the telecast were like adesanya up two to one through three and like I think wasn't it? Didn't one ref have it like fifty forty five? Yeah, I think so. And the other ones had it like forty nine forty six or something. Like nobody had him winning. Somebody was like, I remember somebody. I don't again. I don't remember who. It might even have been an ESPN guy. Was like, Adesanya just edging it out up three zero after three. Like it was the biggest gap in like judging versus what like people wanted to believe I've ever seen. I think. Yeah. Right. It's like they were basically just. Adesanya landing a few strikes and then Blockwood's getting the takedown and then just saying like, oh, he beat him because he landed a few more punches before he went to the ground. Just like pretty much just discount anything that happened on the ground during the whole fight. And then Adesanya won, I guess. Yeah. And I think the commentating desk, I think it was DC and Rogan. I don't remember who the third one was, but they were like, just like, they just couldn't get over all the feints Adesanya was throwing, but he wasn't really throwing that much stuff after. Like Jan was landing on him too. It wasn't like he he was outgunned on the outgunned standing up. It was, I mean, it was he just was just faint, 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 not really throwing anything. So like Adesanya, and even in this fight, this like his last fight against Whitaker, he's at his best when he's in like a gunfight because he's more technical than everybody else. Same thing with that's how he beat Costa, but. Jan did not engage in that, so and Adesanya doesn't bring that himself. He tries to be a counterpuncher, so 
Yeah, so I see why he was bored. Uh, they weren't playing his game. Jan wasn't playing his game, and uh, yeah, I mean, probably just leave that one on the back burner and stop making excuses, right? Yeah, exactly. Definitely. All right, well, speaking of excuses, uh, you're not going to probably like my take of the week this week, but I have to admit we were wrong. JLT was wrong. Both you and I have been wrong. It's going to work, and Leon Edwards is going to get a title shot from sitting around and waiting for three years. It's going to work. He's going to pull it off. <laughs> yeah, I think we both said it couldn't be done, but I'm pretty sure I heard Dana say that because I saw Usman got surgery on his hand, and I'm pretty sure they're going to book Usman versus uh, Leon Edwards for the uh, the next title fight. So what we said couldn't be done. We've been proven wrong, and Leon outsmarted both the both of us, unfortunately. Right. Yeah, I guess, you know, when you just – let Usman clear clean out the division and you're the only one left with the win streak like eventually you'll you'll get the shot if you just sit there and wait cuz you know nobody he's got no more opponents left yeah. so i mean he's already fought like everybody in the top including twice, leon so. uh-huh. yeah right but yeah i guess uh it's still still a weak move and uh he doesn't deserve it and he'll get Thoroughly pummeled by uh, Usman, I believe. Yeah, I mean, cre- that is a credit to Usman for just staying active and beating everybody. Because if he hadn't been so active, I don't think this would have happened. But this is uh, probably the first time we've really seen a guy just sit around until they got their title shot. I mean, he, he beat Nate Diaz on points um, in June. Was That, that was in June. Um, and that's his only been his only fight for like two years. So worked for him. Ariel's going to get his way and... Uh, where everyone's going to see uh, Leon get exposed, but that's uh, I think they already got their victory just by him getting his getting this fight or potentially getting this fight. We've seen these things. We've seen the rug pulled on him before, so maybe it'll happen again. Yeah, the uh, it happened once before. Tyron Woodley did it to get his title shot versus Robbie Lawler. He uh, he said he was promised. Uh, I think he said he was promised a uh, title shot for taking Kelvin Gaslam fight on short notice and then Dana didn't give it to him and he just waited and said he's not fighting till he gets the title shot that Gaslam fight was January 31st of 2015 he waited like a year and a half pretty much July 30th 2016 got the Robbie Lawler fight so the blueprint the blueprint has been written yeah you don't want to be following in Tyron Woodley's yeah footsteps and then the rest of Tyron's not a great blueprint the rest of Tyron's career Dana hated him yeah exactly (laughs) But luckily, I I don't think we're going to get a win out of... Uh, we're not going to have to deal with uh, old Leon Edwards as long as we had to deal with Tyron. Yeah, I don't think so. I think it's going to be a wrestling clinic. But either way, looks like it's going to happen. Um, also saw the inside of Usman's hand during the surgery. That was disgusting. No need for ESPN to post that, but they decided to anyway. It's pretty gross. So hopefully his hand heals up and he uh, lands a couple on Leon Edwards and you don't have to worry about living in a world where Leon's the champion. Yeah, right. Usman will beat him with one hand. They could just, just amputate him and he'd probably still beat him. <laughs> well, I guess we'll see. Um, yeah, so we can move on to our recap then. We had, this was like UFC Vegas 40, what was this called? I'll just get it. 47? Yeah, maybe? that sounds right. Yep. UFC Vegas 47. Um, again, like kind of a crazy card, kind of all over the place. We'll start with the main event. Jack Hermanson versus Sean Strickland. Strickland was a pretty big favorite. Um, I thought Hermanson had a decent shot. I thought this was the biggest challenge in Strickland's career so far. Uh, but Sean Strickland made pretty easy work of him. He's kind of, I, 
he's not the most exciting fighter to watch, but he's hard to hit and you can't take him down. So he's going to have success pretty much against almost anybody until he probably comes up to a more skilled kickboxer than he is. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he looks a little awkward with his striking, but um, yeah, like you said, he, he He's got a good enough jab where he's able to keep guys like Jack or Manson off of him. But, uh, yeah, I think once he gets, you know, just ahead of Jack or Manson, he's going to start getting into some trouble in the top five for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's kind of what I was thinking too, although I have. I've underrated him these last probably two or three fights, not giving him the credit he deserves. He's hard to hit. He's harder to hit than it looks. Hit that jab is powerful, though, and I don't know that he'll ever really – he doesn't have my X factor with him too is he he can't really not put guys away or knock guys out. So he's gonna have to beat everybody on points, and that it gets hard to do when you start fighting against guys who can put people away and guys that'll be a similar caliber kickboxing than he is. Actually, he's mostly just he barely even kicks. Yeah, yeah, he just he just jabbed Jack Ranson to death in this one. Yeah, I don't, um, just. Uh, yeah, but I mean, he's a he's a skilled fighter, but I, I don't think he's a top five guy. I think he's gonna run into some trouble here soon. Yeah, I think I'm I think I'm with you there. Pretty funny guy in the microphone, but again, he needs to kind of build that personality because his fighting style is not the most exciting. But I don't know, still a wild man. Yeah, exactly. All right, co-main event: Puna 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 Holly Soriano versus Nick Maximov. Uh, you nailed this one here. You had Maximov winning this fight. He ended up uh, tougher, tougher. It was kind of a bang back and forth first round, but then he he ended up uh, having that wrestler cardio that he was able to uh, stretch the fight out and win by decision. Yeah, yeah, Nick Maximoff, he took this one. Um, yeah, I mean, he I thought he might. This was one I was going back and forth on, uh, but you know, pretty much said if Nick Maximoff was going to get the win, he needed to he needed to get two of the rounds. He needed to get Soriano down in in two of the yep. rounds, and I figured it would be the later two. Um, you know, Soriano probably have a better gas tank in the first round and again, kind of fade like we've seen recently, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, that's what happened. And, uh, Soriano, I mean, I don't know. He looked like he was going to be something to, uh, watch out for kind of re- when he first came into the UFC here. Now he's a few fights in, I think he's dropped two in a row now. Uh, Nick Maximov, he'd be interesting to see how he evolves being primarily a wrestler, but being at the Nick Diaz Academy and uh, hopefully you can get those hands going and, and kind of improve on those a little bit and uh, might be uh, might kind of evolve and do the uh, you know the full package get the get the striking and the wrestling down. Yeah, not only is he at the Nick Diaz Academy, he talks. He sounds exactly like a Diaz brother when he talks. He sounds like Nate. Yeah, I identically. Think, I think that's a uh, a requirement to be there. <laughs> you got to have like the Diaz personality or whatever. Like. I, maybe maybe you just turn into that after it has to be after training there you know you just get hit in the head so many times by by nick and nate just throwing those you know 50 percent punches over and over again at you you get you develop like a case of cte and start talking like that i don't know he had like the same mannerisms and like body movements and stuff and everything as nate it was so weird he was like it was like he was doing an impression and it was perfect <laughs> so yeah, we'll have to see how he keeps going. Um, kind of strange for him to be on the main event or co-main event with Soriano, but again, these cards have been a little wild. Um, we had Shavcat Rachmana versus Carlton Harris. Want to give a shout out to Shavcat. Um, wasn't I w- wasn't doubting him, but you never know with these like elite prospects that everybody has their eyes on when they're going to get their first big test. He uh, he passed this test pretty easily. Um, again, he highlight real KO. Spinning back kick and ended up putting Harris out. Definitely looks like this guy is a legit contender 
for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, Carlston Harris, I mean, he, he's won a few here. He's got a few upsets, I think, yeah. in a row lately. But um, Shavkat Rachmanov, he looks like the real for deal. Sure. And, um, you know, Carlston Harris didn't really look like he belonged in there too much with them. So, yeah, a good win. I, I mean, Rachmanov, it seems like he's going to be uh, on an upward trajectory here. I'm interested to see where he goes. Yeah, I think he's. Uh, I definitely think he's going to be top of the heap type of guy at some point. I think he's 15-0 and now. Um, just seems like he's super skilled everywhere. Again, like this is a big test for him and got right through it. Um, Sam Alvey, Brendan Allen. Um, I don't know where really what to say about this fight. Sam Alvey looked out pretty good in the first half of the first round, but then he just got dropped and then it was, all fell apart from there. Brendan Allen needed a win. Again, I I don't know. Would you? Was Brendan Allen at one point like a thought to be kind of a legit prospect? Because he was taking a lot of shots yeah. from Sam Alvey that I don't think a real prospect would be taking. He ended up finishing the fight really strong, got a couple knockdowns, got a submission. But this guy's too hittable. I mean, and it shows because he's lost his last two fights before this, both by knockout. So he's just too hittable. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Brendan Allen, he was like kind of on a, uh, he was getting talked about a lot. Then he dropped, he lost to Sean Strickland. Then he beat Carl Robertson and Puna Lee Soriano. Um, and yeah. people were kind of talking about him again. And then Chris Curtis dominated him. And then now he's got a win over Sam Alvey, which doesn't help him too much. I mean, it's a 205 fight. Could have been a little bit why Sam, Sam Alvey was getting to him yeah. uh, for a little bit there. But um, overall, I mean, I don't think Brendan. I mean, Brendan Allen, he's good, right? But um, he's like uh, kind of like Sean Strickland light. I feel like you uh -huh. know, like uh, with a little bit better ground game. Um, his jitsu's pretty good, but um, overall, I mean, his striking's competent enough. But I mean, he's just a gatekeeper type guy. I, I don't, I don't think he. I've never really thought of him much as a prospect. Like he could go, you know, compete for a title. But I don't know. He's still somewhat young, I think, right? Um, yeah, he's pretty young. Let's see. He might be like 20, 26. 26. He's only twenty six. Yeah, so. he's pretty young. Yeah, I mean, he's got some, uh, he's got some evolving to do, and I guess we can see where he goes. He's got quite a bit of fights for being twenty six. Mm -hmm. so. He definitely stays busy. I guess you could say that his fight with Sean Strickland was kind of a crossroads. Winner moved on, loser fell off, and that's kind of wh where it's been ever since. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he definitely has some time to uh, to put it together and see. But I, I just don't, I don't know if he's got like the skill set you know, to be on, on a championship run. I think he could hang around the, you know, fringe top 10 for a little while, but I don't really see him as being any, like, top five type guy. Yeah, I'm 100% I'm with you there. All right, we had Sean Gore versus Brian Battle, the real ultimate fighter finale. And uh, your guy, Brian Battle, picked up the underdog win, kind of solidified himself as the real uh, ultimate fighter champ for the season. Yeah, definitely. I thought it was... Uh, it was a close fight, but he, he edged it out. Um, yeah, it was the yeah the real ultimate fighter, and I think he brought the trophy in there. So I, I don't know if he was willing to give it up <laughs> if he lost the fight, but uh, he was uh, holding it at, at the in the uh, post fight uh, interview in the octagon. So yeah, a decent fight overall, Brian Battle. Um, I'm interested to see where these guys go from here. I mean, it doesn't seem like you know the ultimate fighter is definitely not what it used to be, but um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, how these guys go yeah exactly so uh we'll just touch on the last one here uh we got this one wrong so that's the only reason i'm reporting it in the name of honesty uh hakeem duado versus michael trezano ended up we both picked trezano ended up being uh 30 27 for duado um 
I don't know, tough read, but uh, just wanted to throw that one out there as uh, as one we – I don't want to get accused of only celebrating our victories. Yeah, right. This is one – yeah, we were just wrong on this one. I mean, Duadu, he, he threw more volume than Trezano and everything. Um, just a uh, – no bad pick on a otherwise pretty decent night for, for picks. Yeah, so uh, we can move on then to our uh, – our is our segments here. We can move on to our isn't he awesome and our real world call. I think it's your turn to go first this week. Uh, all right, we'll do. Uh, we'll give the shout out to Nick Maximov. Um, ZR, he's our isn't he awesome this week. I mean, uh, Nick Diaz Academy. You got to represent um, Nate's little uh, doppelganger <laughs> twin that can wrestle. I mean, the real deal here. It's kind of a uh, kind of funny. You see, like the first really guy we've seen in a while come out of the Nick Diaz Academy besides Nick or Nate and uh and, and he's he a wrestler wrestle. not a striker so yeah he's primarily a grappler he doesn't uh doesn't really like fit the style that we're used to seeing out of there but um it'll be interesting to see where he can go especially if he starts picking up on some of that some of that striker and gets a little more comfortable with it but uh other than that Black Beast always got to give him a yep, shout out I got him on mind um yeah we'll uh I'll let you take him a little bit way more uh, you know, give him a little bit more shout out, but got to touch him on there. And uh, yeah, I think he gets a win this week. So, but we'll talk more about that on the preview. Uh, but uh, call out wise, we're going Sean Strickland. I mean, this guy's a complete and utter phony. You know, he's a complete fake. He talks all this big game about willing to die in the octagon, willing, you know, willing wants to, to uh, wants to be the first person to kill somebody in the octagon or whatever. And, uh, he goes out there and, uh, you know, he seems like he, you know, he has the superior skills and he plays it completely safe. And then, you know, he gets in the uh, post-fight um, interview in the Octagon and uh, he immediately calls himself out, which credit to him for doing that. But if you're going to be that aware of it, you were definitely aware of it in between rounds. So, you know, you just chose to, uh, you know, play it safe in there and you talk this huge game and uh, just uh, just a bad look for the uh, supposed wannabe killer, Sean Strickland. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, I like I said though, his his style has never really been all that violent. He's just a really weird character, um, and his his weirdness is like kind of yeah. He waits and he's kind of spilling the, the over. The thing that makes him even yeah, go ahead. Yeah, the thing that makes him even bigger phony to me is like you know the last ten or fifteen seconds of the fight, he acts like he wants to sit in there and trade. He like points to the center, like let's go, let's get it. When there's no more danger, he, yeah. he decides this is the time. Like come on now, just you know, continue to to run circles and around in circles and throw out some jabs. Like you already did it for the first, you know, twenty four minutes and fifty seconds. So just uh, finish it off here. Yeah, no, definitely. Like I said, his problem to me is like I don't even his not his kind of knockdown he had wasn't even a knockdown. It was more of like Hermanson was going the wrong, was kind of slipped. He just doesn't really have the power you need to put guys away. So unfortunately, like his ability to murder people is actually going to be his problem as a fighter and not his strength, as bad as he says he wants to kill somebody. <laughs> yeah, right. So if he's the first one to kill somebody, I would be shocked. I think his only chance is to, uh, you know, to get a submission and then just hold not let it go. as long as he possibly can until the ref, you know, hopefully Herb Dean can't pry his arms <laughs> off of a... Uh, his opponent before he uh, gets the finish. Yeah, that might be his only chance unless they bring uh, Mario Yamasaki back. Then somebody might die in the octagon. <laughs> right, but even then, like, does he have enough power to 
even finish it in 25 minutes like not with those jabs like yeah i don't think he's killing anybody inside the ring outside the octagon though it is questionable whether he he will or won't yeah i'm starting to think he's more of all talk i don't maybe he's not even he's not this uh you know badass he pretends to be maybe he's not the creep he, he portrays all right you got any more call outs no it's kind of weird to uh you know to be putting that out there though and not be that <laughs> that creepy yeah it's kind of weird like well he looks up to like dexter morgan or something a little too much <laughs> yeah right <laughs> yeah at least he's not calling himself the joker that's that's usually the creepiest one that's the worst <laughs> yeah. uh personality trait to take on in like your late 20s yeah no shit <laughs> all right then i'll jump into mine real quick have to give a big shout out to juicy j juliana rosa fought fought hard to keep to keep to retain the the uh, JLT nickname belt, absolute war, um, but he he kept it on a split decision, uh, super bloody fight, just like uh, just like the uh, JLT boys like. It was probably the just bleed fight of the night. So taking home two bonuses, the JLT belt and the just bleed fight of the night, always big when the uh, the belt's on the line. So shout out Juicy J. Also had Black Beast. Don't want to get too crazy um, because we're going to talk about him in the preview. But anytime you got a Black Beast fight week, it's uh. It's always fun. Um, have we decided if he's allowed to be in the fat boy division or not? Because he is fighting Taito Ivasa. Oh, yeah. Are we going to make this the uh, the first ever uh, fat boy title, the JLT fat boy division world championship? Doesn't it seem like it should be? Because we were Taito Ivasa was like the like our poster boy for the fat boy, right? Yeah, exactly. And Derek Lewis, like he has said that he doesn't want to fight in real title fights anymore he doesn't want to fight in five round fights so so um i don't think we're gonna ever if he's never gonna take another five round fight he's we're not going to uh see him in a an actual title fight so i think uh i think the time calls for it It, i mean he's already lost two title fights right so it's time for him to uh reign supreme as the uh the king of fat boys yeah and a disclaimer even though Derek lewis is not necessarily like a shredded guy I don't think of him as a fat guy. He's super strong and like there's a lot of muscle underneath there. So I don't think of him as like a fat boy, but I think it's fair to put him in that division because he is more of a rounded shape than like a solid rock. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, he he does exhibit some traits while uh, not, you know, being a little bit. He's definitely by far. The reason why it's so hard to definitely put him in there is he's by far the best fighter that you could even consider to possibly be in the fat yeah. Like, And while he is kind of out of shape, he doesn't seem all that out of shape as well. No. But he, does, he doesn't he does gas, but he gets pretty winded pretty quick, though, too. So Yeah, and you know what? Like, he fought... Chris Dawkins is fat, and he, he fought him in his last fight, so he is fighting fat guys now. Like, you have to be... He's in, like, what is he in the top five, Derek Lewis? Yeah, he's got to be... Right or, yeah, he's got to be yeah. top three, four. Yeah, because it's like it's like it's like seven and up are the fat guys. Like there's there's only like five legit heavyweights on the market right now, and he's he's in the mix, but he he's like a hybrid. He can go both. He can go in, into both uh, realms. All right, so yeah, let's let's call it. Here we go. We got the uh, the JLT first ever the uh, inaugural title fight fat boy division opening up right now yeah and this this title this is decided because it's just not fair to have like francis and like cyril gone and stipe and these guys 
who are shredded 250 plus and then also have guys that are just big fat guys in the same division like the fat guy who landed the spin kick on John Volante. It's just it's two worlds. Yeah, right. It's two worlds. Like give them something to compete for because they're never what was that guy's uh, Bar- Bar- Chris Barnett. Chris Barnett is yeah. can never fight Francis Ngannou. They're not allowed to be in the same division. So it's time to I time own, to break it I up. I own his top shots. Yeah. I think it or the <laughs> yeah, the UFC strike or whatever. It's hilarious. He knocks him out and then he he does a front flip, but he doesn't make it to his feet because he's so fat. He lands on his ass and then just starts like jiggling. Yeah, he does like it's a little hilarious. butt scoot. It's, it's by far my favorite one. Yeah, but let's be honest. The guy can never be in the cage with Francis Ngannou. That's not even. That's just not safe. So no. it's time to make a separate. Let's give him something to compete for. Like you're never going to be the heavyweight champ. You could possibly be the, the king of the fat boys. So I think it's fair. And I think it's right. So we'll make the inaugural. And Derek Lewis is old, so he may just, he may not hold the belt forever, anyways. And he's got a tough fight this weekend, so the uh, the belt is up for grabs, and uh, so that's why we give a shout out to Derek Lewis, and uh, hopefully hopefully we he, we make him our inaugural belt holder. Although Tai Tuivasa would also be a good representative for it, I think. Definitely. All right, I got to finish my call out here before we move on to our preview. Got to call out Sam Alvey, world record for l- losing. Or drawing in fights, he's at what eight or nine in a row? Nine in a row, is it? Yeah, it was either eight or nine. Was it? What was he? I think he was at seven before. I think it's eight. Yeah, either way, unprecedented. Um, your you he lost to Brennan Allen, who came in on short notice, a division up, and he still lost the fight. Like how he's got to be on the chopping block, right? Yeah, if he's not, then I, I'm. I don't know what <laughs> what's going on here. Yeah, I mean the guy. I, I've never. We've never seen a lo- losing streak like this, and uh, it's simply because it never it never goes this. Like they they get cut far before this happens. So yeah, he's on a seven fight loss losing streak with one draw. So eight fights, seven losses, one draw. Which is unbelievable, and he's got to be fairly expensive because he's been in the promotion forever. Yeah, I think he was like on like I think he made like 100k or something in this fight. To lose his eighth straight fight, <laughs> unreal. So anyhow, I feel like gotta call it Sam Alvey. If he is uh, at least not thoroughly warned, he should probably be um, looking to sign with another promotion later this week. If not, just hanging it up for good. I don't know. I don't want to tell a guy he can't work anymore. But eight straight, you're kind of uh, you're kind of out of options. Yeah, I'm on his Wikipedia page, though. Shout out for Sam Alvey. He is married to some girl, McKay Sullivan, winner of America's Next Top Model. So he definitely probably pulled out of his uh, out of his league on that. Yeah, I mean, I guess. I don't know how he... The guy just is full of surprises, I guess. I think she's a... I think <laughs> yeah. she he, he keeps her in his corner for his fights, too. Probably not the best advice, probably not the best career move, but... I don't know. Maybe he doesn't want to let her get out of his sight. Yeah, right. <laughs> Not with Dana around. Yeah, so I guess a little, a, a big call and a little, uh, but a little shout out there for him. Also, he's a ginger, so Definitely. there's not that many of them left in no, the UFC. Not in the UFC either. Since Paul Felder retired, and uh, they cut, they cut the alpha ginger. But either way, we'll move on from that. We'll leave Sam Alvey alone. Um, maybe he'll squeak through another round of cuts. We'll find out. So. 
Move on, though, to our UFC 271 preview. Pretty thorough uh, pretty thorough card here with a lot of good fights. Again, I think we both agree that this one's got some, um, some pretty good potential for betting, which is uh, always nice. We've had pretty tough cards up to this point. Um, start off, uh, first a disclaimer. First, a disclaimer here. These fights are in Texas, so the judging could be completely wild. There's no um, no way to know for sure. So Houston, Texas, you never know what you're going to get. But Israel Adesanya defending his belt in a rematch against Robert Whitaker. Israel Adesanya minus 280 at, at this point. 270 on uh, five times. Uh, Robert Whitaker plus 230. Um I think obviously the reason for this one, the first the first fight is fairly recent. It was fairly decisive. I think Robert Whitaker had a little bit of success in the first round, not a lot, and then he ended up getting flattened out in the end of the first round. Ended in the second round. I have to give you credit. This is a long time before we even started our podcast. I was on the fence. I was even maybe leaning Robert Whitaker, and you pretty much uh, straightened me out on that one. And uh, I took your advice and um, was pretty happy with the results there. So. Probably thinking the same thing for this one. Yeah, definitely. I don't think a ton has changed. Um, I definitely still like Israel Adesanya. I just don't see many paths to victory here for Robert Whitaker. Um, the The only way we've seen really to beat Israel Adesanya, right, is, is Jan Blockwitz. Be bigger than him and be able to force the takedown. We've seen, you know, Marvin Vittori about, I'd say definitely better wrestlers than, uh, than Robert Whitaker. Um, and he's definitely bigger than Robert Whitaker as well, I feel like. And he wasn't able to, you know, successfully implement the takedowns to beat Israel Adesanya at, at 185. So um, I think uh, I think it's got to be Israel Adesanya. We have seen Robert Whitaker in his, you know, since, uh, since coming back from the Israel Adesanya fight. He has leaned more in his wrestling recently. Um, but I just don't think he's going to be able to get it to the mat, um, at least not enough to, to get the win here. Um, Israel Asanya, I think it's gonna, you know, beat him in the striking exchanges. I think he could finish him. Um, it could go longer. I mean, Robert Whitaker seems like he's in a different place. He's more durable than he was yeah. in, in that first fight. You know, he was, had some things going against him. He was on some layoffs for injuries and stuff. So I think we see a better showing out of Robert Whitaker, but I think, you know, that being said, Israel Asanya still remains the champ. Yeah. I can't argue with that. The only, again, like you you touched on a little bit, Robert Whitaker at he was basically, I don't know, he essentially he was burnt out. He had a bunch of injuries, all sorts of stuff going on. He was definitely wasn't healthy. He's definitely had a resurgence that we don't usually see out of fighters, especially former champs who get dethroned like that. So I would say he's probably in a better place right now. Again, it comes down to skill. It comes down to um, tools in the toolbox. And I think that uh, I'm with you here. I think that Israel Adesanya is rightfully a almost three to one favorite. I think, uh, I think I feel pretty comfortable riding with Stylebender here. Um, Definitely. Next up, Derek Lewis versus Tai Tuivasa. Derek Lewis minus 180, Tai Tuivasa plus 158. This is the inaugural Fat Boy belt here. Three rounds, let the best Fat Boy win. That said, I like this line on Derek Lewis quite a bit. Um, I think Tai Tuivasa is a... Oh, uh, uh, a good brawler. I think he's a decent fighter. I think he's got a decent amount of power. I also think he's kind of, this is a big jump in competition. I underestimated him in his last fight. I don't remember. Oh, um, Augustus Akai. Um, but this is Derek Lewis is a whole nother, this is a whole different type of fighter. And, uh, 
We've seen Ty Tuivasa stumble before, so I I just I have all the confidence in the world in Derek Lewis and his home city and uh like to see him take care of business. Yeah, I think this is all Derek Lewis. I mean, in the fat boy division, anything can happen. Heavyweights, anything can happen. Like, you know, they got the knockout power, but and Ty Tuivasa definitely has it as well. But uh Derek Lewis, um I just don't think it's a good matchup for Ty Tuivasa. He gets hit. He gets hit a lot. I mean, Greg Hardy rocked him. Yeah. Almost put his lights out until Ty Tuivasa finished him later. So, you know, his kind of his kind of go-to is get in the pocket and brawl, and that's the last thing you want to do against Derek Lewis. Um, you know, he I think he has about as much power, if not more, than anybody in the division. You know, Nagano would be the only one up there with them, and uh, not somebody I want to stand and trade with, not somebody Ty Tuivasa should want to tra- stand and trade with. And, uh, yeah, I think uh, Derek Lewis puts his lights out. All right, we're on the same page again as well. This is a pretty interesting one here. Jared Cannonier versus Derek Brunson. Um, Derek Brunson plus 147. Jared Cannonier minus 167. Uh, interesting fight here. I mean, we Brunson has kind of had a resurgence big time um, since he started bleaching his hair and uh, became blonde Brunson. Uh, Jared Cannonier, that's has also fought pretty well um two guys with pretty different skill sets but uh both of them are effective in the way they fight i think cannoneer is a little more well-rounded i think Derek brunson's a little more uh wrestling heavy but still an interesting matchup uh what do you like in this one yeah i like uh jared cannoneer and i i I, i've been hearing a lot of people going with Derek brunson on this one and i just think it's completely wrong I think they're just on kind of the hype train. We've seen him uh, get some good wins, but I think Jared Cannonier is going to uh, going to take his title hopes from him. You know, um, maybe he should have pulled a uh, um, a Leon Edwards and tried to wait for the title <laughs> shot because uh, I think it's gonna Jared Cannonier is gonna put the end to uh, his title hopes here. Uh, I did a little bit of research on this one just to kind of see what people were thinking. Um, you know, Derek Brunson, I think if he's going to win, he's got to get the takedown. So Jared Cannonier, when you first look at his uh, fighter page for the UFC, he's got a 62% takedown defense. Doesn't seem that good, right? So you think, oh, maybe Derek Brunson does have a path to victory here. Then I looked a little further. I just, I went, since he's moved to 185, he's fought. Kelvin Gaslam was his last fight. Kelvin Gaslam, a good wrestler in his own, in his own right, you know, 0 for 8 in takedowns in that fight. Um, his fight before that in 185 was Robert Whitaker, um, decent wrestler, 0 for 2 for takedowns. Then uh, fight before that was Jack Hermanson, 1 for 6. Uh, Silva, that fight ended quickly, 0 for 0. He's not going to shoot takedowns anyways. And then the uh, his first fight at 185 is David Branch, who went 3 for 10. So basically, his opponents are 4 for 26 since moving to 185, 15%. Um, and if you take out the David Branch fight, which is his first fight, they're only, uh, what, one for 16 yeah. or whatever. So, um, yeah, not very good odds here. Um, so, yeah, I think Jared Cannonier, what we've seen since he moved to 185, he's definitely improved his takedown defense. He was just giving up some size and strength. That's why I think his uh, that you see that 62%. And, uh, yeah, I think uh, Jared Cannonier is going to dominate him. He's got the better striking uh, Derek Brunson really hasn't shored up his uh, his kind of liabilities of getting chin checked. You know, he kind of rushes in there with his head yeah. up, with his chin up. So, yeah, I think Jared Cannonier will take full advantage of that and get the get the W here. Yeah, Derek Brunson, despite his recent successes that he's had, and he's had he's been on a decent run. 
He really, really struggles if he cannot get the takedown. He starts flailing and becomes a pretty easy target for uh, any any decent striker to take advantage of. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I really like Jared Cannonier. I know it's the opposite of what I've been hearing from a lot of people, but, uh, yeah, I, I really like Jared Cannonier in this one. All right, and between Jared, do you think this fight may be the uh, title eliminator? Yeah, definitely. I would say so. Who else do we got? for uh Israel Adesanya to fight next right yeah I don't know I guess Sean Strickland maybe is in line after one step behind these guys after beating Hermanson I guess you'd say that probably right yeah definitely but I think I think the winner of this is definitely ahead of yeah for sure yeah I think so all right then a little further down the car we got Kyler Phillips versus Marcelo Rojo um Kyler Phillips is currently a minus sitting at minus 400 Rojo plus 325 Kyler Phillips obviously tons of talent um one of the Arizona guys, I think he trains with uh, Sean O'Malley. Uh, Marcelo Rojo, we've seen him. He came from that, I think he came from the Cabache Americas. Uh, I think he's a Mexican fighter. Um, one thing about Rojo is he will make it a brawl, and he will, uh, he will, uh, he's a dog out there. So we saw Kyler Phillips run into some trouble when he fought uh, Ruiz Pavia, who made it a dog fight. I'm not sure what his odds were. Um, let me check this real quick. He was only a minus 150 against Pavia. So um, either way, he's, I think this is Phillips' fight to win. I think he should win. Um, but, again, I kind of I kind of am a little suspicious of him after dropping that fight to Pavia just because he kind of gave it away. But, again, this is a pretty good spot for him to bounce back. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I have, I'm going with Kyler Phillips here, but – it's not one I minus four hundred. I don't love it. It's not yeah, it's one tough. that I would be heavy on. I kind of might leave it off parlays. Honestly, I think there's a lot better spots with better lines. I think um, Marcelo Rojo. Um, he fought Charles Jordan in his last fight. If you remember, they it was a war. You know, went toe to toe, and he yeah, it was uh, it was definitely a brawl. So he's gonna make this fight dirty, like you said. Um, Kyler Phillips, he, he wilted under pressure against Piva a little bit. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, nef- definitely not one I want to have a lot of exposure on at minus 400 for Kyler Phillips. So, um, I, you know, I think he's got the better tools and, and should get the win. But, you know, we've seen him get tested and not, not really respond well. And Marcelo Rojo, uh, definitely a guy who's gonna, gonna try and test him out there. So, um, yeah, we'll go Kyler Phillips, but uh, like I said, I, I wouldn't put a ton of exposure on this one at minus 400. If it was a closer line, maybe, but yeah, I don't know. There's just not a ton of upside to it. Yeah, minus 400 for any, but any younger prospect type fighter is tough. So yeah, not, not the greatest line, but again, I think they do have the rightful winner as the favorite here. Um, Bobby Green versus Nazrat Hackprest. Bobby Green minus 140, Hackprest plus 120. I want to say if this fight happened maybe two two years ago, a year and a half ago, I think the line might have been flipped on this. Bobby Green was kind of on a downswing. Nazareth Hackpress was kind of being looked at as a, you know, a potential uh, up and comer in the division. Now they got Bobby Green as a favorite here and Nazareth as a underdog. I think this is a pretty close fight. Obviously, it's a Bobby Green fight, so they're all close. But um, I think I think I'm uh, I'm leaning towards the favorite here, Bobby Green. What about you? Yeah, same. I'm leaning towards Bobby Green, but I think it definitely will be a close fight. If you know, if you were gonna take the underdog money on Hack Press, I, I I don't know if I'd argue with it. Um, I just kind of think Bobby Green right now. He's uh, got that win versus Ali Quinta. He 
lost to Fazev, but he looked really, really good yeah. in that fight. He did a lot better than everyone expected. Um, so, you know, I think he's got a little bit of momentum, even though he's only got a one fight win streak, but, uh, coming off that Fazev fight, I think he impressed a lot of people. And, uh, yeah, I think Bobby Green, he just, uh, you know, he does the shoulder rolls a lot. He, um, you know, rolls with the punches. He doesn't get hit clean. Um, heck pressed kind of like a shorter guy kind of. Um, so I think he's going to be able to kind of avoid a lot of those strikes. I think it'll be close, but I think I'll edge him out on the feet and, uh, and get the win. Yeah. Can't argue with that. Um, Andre Olovsky versus Jared Vandera next. Um, Andre Olovsky still with the promotion after I don't know two decades. Minus one forty two yeah, favorite against wild. against Jared Vandera. Plus one twenty two for Vandera, who I think has kind of been an overachiever in his last couple fights. Um, for some reason, I I was pretty low on him, and then I think he kind of surprised me. Andre Olovsky uh, kind of has a reputation. For, I think he's kind of uh, is he he's kind of over that reputation of being chinny, isn't he? He took a when he was still fighting like the elites, he was getting knocked out. But since then, he's kind of, I mean, he's a decision guy and a points guy now. He's uh, evolved his game to fight smarter, to beat some of these uh, these mid-level to lower-level guys. And, I mean, he's he's been durable and he's been solid in his, since kind of uh, taking the role as kind of a, uh, a gatekeeper's gatekeeper. So uh, what do you see happening in this one? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, think Andre Arlowski is going to pull out a uh... – another win here. Um, I mean, Jared Vandera, I think he's just, uh, a little slow. And, um, if he's not able to get takedowns or not, I think it's all Andre Arlovsky. I think Arlovsky's just gonna kind of win on points like he's been doing, uh, kind of just stay on his horse, kind of move around, tire out Vandera, pick his spots and, uh, and get the W here. Yeah. I'm with you there. I think, uh, I think maybe I, I, uh, called for Arlovsky's retirement too early because I remember three or four years ago being like man this guy's got to be about done not just because he was losing fights but because he's been fighting since like 1997 but anyway anyway he uh he found a way to make it work and he's been pretty successful also probably collecting a pretty handsome paycheck for whatever his 30th UFC fight over three decades or something so see how it goes for him um next one up we got William Knight versus Maxim Grishin Grishin clear Currently a minus one seventy two favorite. William Knight plus one fifty two. Um, William Knight has shown some promise. He's kind of been up and down, but um, I would say he's uh, he's kind of been putting it together. Who do you like in this fight? Yeah, I'm going with uh, William Knight in this one. It's going to be our our only underdog pick of uh, of the card. But um, I mean, we got a, a lot of the other picks there. Not really like big favorites or anything we got some close lines so i think we got good parlay material on this one but uh yeah we'll go william knight i, I thought he looked good versus alonzo menafield um and then fabio tramp tramp before that but uh yeah i just i don't know i think he's kind of underrated uh william knight is kind of chronically underrated and uh yeah maxim grishin he's uh hasn't really found his uh his foot in the ufc i feel like he's kind of stumbled a few times um just lost to dustin jacoby in his last fight and uh beat Antagulov and Antagulov it's just he gasses immediately so if you can last the first if you can make it into the second round you're going to win the fight so and then before that loss to uh, Marcin Tibera in the UFC so I mean I don't know I just think uh William Knight's getting kind of slept down here and uh I think he should beat Grisham all right I like that I like underdog picks um last one we'll go over here we got Alexander Hernandez versus Renato Moicano Hernandez currently plus 147 
Moicano minus 167. This is kind of an interesting matchup here. Hard to read Hernandez. I would say I lean more towards um, not really a guy that's not going to pan out. Um, He had some early success. I don't know if it was due to overinflated confidence or good matchups or lucky breaks or what it was. Since then, though, he really has not not so much panned out. I think I think the the reason for the matchup here is Moicano's had some stumbles as well, but he's obviously shown us he's got tons of talent. And um, I don't know, like I said, kind of an interesting matchup here. I know Moicano's one of your guys, so what do you think happens here? Yeah, Moicano, I'm obviously riding with him. He's he's my guy. I've been high on him since his first fight, since I first saw him in the UFC. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm all over Moicano here. Um, Obviously, Alexander Hernandez, he's got some wrestling as well. Um, Moicano, he's a pretty strong wrestler. If he can get to the ground, he's pretty good there. Uh, he's got really good jiu-jitsu. Um, you know, I think the wrestling may cancel each other out a little bit. I think Moicano may be able to get Hernandez to the ground, though. Uh, but if it does stay up, I, I just think Moicano, if, you know, basically he's got the submission advantage, right, if it's yeah, on the ground. Yeah, big time. The wrestling may cancel out, may not. We'll see. How that how they go head to head in the wrestling, but striking, I think Moicano has a has a big advantage over Alexander Hernandez here. So I mean the guy's got really really fast hands. Um, it kind of sucks. He kind of seems to be a little more tentative at the striking than he used to be after getting chin checked a few times. Uh, but uh, that being said, I mean if he gets his groove, he's got really really fast hands. I think he'll be able to piece Alexander Hernandez up and bars Alexander. Barring Alexander Hernandez getting a knockout, I just don't see him winning this fight. Yeah, and it's it hasn't gone that way for Hernandez in a long time. I, he, he did have a knockout win over Chris Grutzmacher last July or whatever, and uh, I think that was kind of a, a get-right fight. But since then, I mean, he's just – I mean, he he lost a full striking exchange to Tiago Moises. He's, he's just not been the same guy we saw. I mean, his first fight, he, he knocked out Benil Darius cold – and then since then, it's kind of been, you know, it's all, basically all been downhill since then. He had a a tough decision win against Francisco Trinaldo. And then since then, I mean, it's all been downhill since Cowboy uh, Cowboy Cerrone just took advantage of his uh, his over-eagerness and just pieced him up. Yeah, exactly. And I think Moicano, I mean, Moicano's good. Uh, he's definitely slept on because of, uh, you know, a little bit of a stumbles at uh, at 145, and I think that I think the chinniness was more due to the weight cut than uh, than actually being chinny. It seems like 155, he's been able to take some uh, pretty big punches and uh, and stay stay in the fight. So yeah, I think Moicano uh, all day on this one. Yeah, I can't argue with that. So that's it for the fights we're going to preview. We do have a little extra time here. We got a couple fighters. Um, I believe this is Roxanne Modafferi's retirement fight. Do we both want to say a couple nice words about her before we uh, wrap her, wrap things up? Yeah, as always, you know, surprisingly a JLT favorite as far as the women's division goes. Um, she won us over, and uh, yeah, definitely. And uh, we'll hope hope her best in her retirement fight. She's fighting Casey O'Neill here, and uh, yeah, we're we're definitely. Uh, I guess we'll be a, a Roxanne Modafferi podcast for. Uh, for this fight. An honorary for this episode. An honorary Roxanne Modafferi podcast. She's uh about a three to one underdog. I have to say, I don't think this is gonna go well for her. Um, because I think that Casey O'Neill's a little further progressed along than a lot of the prospects that Rox Roxanne has beat. But you never know. She is uh she is like a 
40 something fight veteran and she's uh she's got it done before so um wish her the best in her yeah, retirement her, her retirement style. fight a female a female fight pioneer and i think you said it like over a year ago now proof that anybody can uh, achieve their dreams yep definitely and then uh you got alex perez versus matt schnell on here just fight to watch or fighters to watch which one are you looking for here what are you looking for here yeah, just fight to watch, definitely. I mean, Matt Schnell, I think he's underrated. I mean, Alex Perez, he's he's legit for sure. But uh, Matt Schnell, I think he definitely is underrated. I think this could be a, a dog fight, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah, and then one last guy. Um, you got Jeremiah Wells on here. I know uh, kind of an unheard of guy. We've seen him, but we saw him look really good in his last fight. It's been a while since, uh, it's been a while since we've seen him in action. Kind of easy to sleep on him. Again, he's about a minus, he's a minus 235 favorite right now, but definitely uh, somebody to watch who hasn't had tons of exposure in the UFC. Yeah, for sure. And then his opponent, Mike uh, Mike Mathia, I don't know too much about him, but I did see an article. Um, he trains at uh, City Kickboxing, so I think that's how he got on the cards, an Izzy card. So. Um, and he's, uh, I think, a kickboxer out of, uh, he went, I think he was born in, uh, one of the African countries, uh, I can't remember which one, Zimbabwe, I think. And then uh, his family moved to uh, New Zealand, and uh, it seems like he could be a legit prospect. I don't know much about him, but they, Is that uh, Blood Diamond? they had a little feature on him. Is What's that, that Blood Diamond? Yeah, it's Blood Diamond. <laughs> yeah, I guess I didn't know what his real name was because he only goes by Blood Diamond. Yeah, I think they said that's going to be what they call him like <laughs> on the broadcast and stuff. Yeah, he asked to be called that, so... I guess I, I only know him because I saw him in videos with Israel Adesanya uh, basically training and stuff at City Kickboxing. This is like a whole City Kickboxing card. They got uh, Carlos Olenberg, who's uh, I think that's Adesanya's boy. Um, and then I'm not sure if there's any other ones on here or not, but they kind of travel in packs. Yeah, right. But anyhow, good card coming up. Should be a good one. We'll, uh, we'll wrap things up, though. And uh, so... We'll be back next week, though, to recap everything, go over our picks, see how we did. Um, but until then, good luck with your picks, and we will see you all next week. Peace. Try that. I need a